everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. This is the last episode in the series asking the question, how did we get here? And today we're going to be talking about fear as a motivator and why that's so destructive. Wow, this might be one of the longest series that I've ever done, but I've really enjoyed it and I hope you guys have too as we just kind of dig into how did we get here? What is going on? What What's at the root of this mess that we see within our modern Christianity? Whether it's leaders and preachers who get exposed in their sin or whether it's just looking at the culture at large and saying, gosh, something is broken with this Christian culture. How did we get here? What is going on? Well, this is our last episode in this series, and I want to talk about fear today. This wasn't originally one of my topics, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more I really just think that fear plays a huge part in how we got here and why we're still here and what we're seeing in our Christian culture. Guys, fear is a huge motivator. It is an intense motivator. We do not like to be afraid. And yet at the same time, it almost feels like we do like to be afraid because sometimes we like come up with stuff to be afraid of that we don't even have to actually fear. And yet we do this. Fear is part of the brokenness. It is part of the mess that we have made with sin. It's part of just the brokenness in this world. And as we as broken humans look around at our world and in our little small worlds, personal worlds, or as we look at the larger world, the culture, like it's easy to be afraid because it is broken and we are broken. And we long for security as people. We long for a feeling of control that we know it's going to happen. This is why we do formulas. This is why we do religious formulas all the time. We're looking for this sense of control. We want to be right. And so there's this just deep fear within all of us. And I think we've really especially seen that this last year as we've gone through this pandemic because it seems that it's very polarized. You've got two sides, although I really think there's quite a few of us in the middle muddling around trying to figure out what we believe without joining a side. But if you're going to look at social media or the news, you're going to see two sides. And they seem to be very opposite each other in the way they view the pandemic and in the way they react to the pandemic and in the way that they even just review the response to the pandemic or whatever, they seem to be very, very different. But if we get down to the core of what's actually going on with these sides, you're going to find the exact same motivator. And it's fear. People are afraid. Maybe one side is more afraid of the actual virus and they're afraid of being sick They're afraid of dying. They're afraid of their loved ones dying. And these are legitimate fears. Nobody wants to be super ill or to die or to have your family members or your friends die. Like those are legitimate fears. However, on the other side, there's still fear, but it's more of a fear of losing freedom and liberty. It's a free a fear of being controlled. And it's it's still fear. It's still fear. We're still the same kind of broken people. We just are fearing different things. And different things seem more frightening to us. People who are afraid of dying, they're like, I don't care if you take my freedom, my liberty, because I don't want to die. Like, keep me safe. 
And people who are afraid of losing their freedom and liberty are going to say, I'd rather die than lose my freedom and liberty. Like, don't take my freedom and liberty. No, that's terrifying to me. And so they're really not the different after all. When you look at it, it's really not that different after all. So fear. We are fearful people, guys. In our culture with social media and the internet, we can just go crazy in our fear. How many of you guys have ever had a symptom and you've looked it up on WebMD and suddenly you know you're dying from some kind of a rare form of cancer? Oh my gosh. Uh, Me? Raising my hand over here? Yes, absolutely. You can hop on the internet, you can hop on social media, and you can just come away just terrified of things you didn't even know you needed to be afraid of. Like, oh my gosh, did you know this, that, and the other thing? Like, how terrifying. Fear is a powerful motivator. And people who want power and control know this. Why do you think that you can find all this stuff back to the pandemic on both sides on internet? Like you're going to find social media and media outlets that are just going ahead and capitalizing on people's fear of death and sickness. And you're going to find people capitalizing on people's fear of losing their liberty and freedom. Fear is a powerful motivator. If you can make people afraid, you can control them. You can get them to do whatever you want because they're terrified and they long for that sense of control and security and safety. I've personally experienced this living in cult land. Fear was a huge motivator. Are you kidding me? That's how they made us do most of the things that we did. We didn't want to get punished by God. We didn't want to have bad consequences. We wanted success and blessings. Fear, again. So how has fear put us in this place of brokenness within our Christian culture, within our churches, within our organizations? Well, I think it's done it on a number of levels, but let's just walk through a few of them. Fear has stopped us from telling the truth. We have a fear of, quote-unquote, destroying the name of Jesus, of kind of blemishing the name of Christ, or whatever these people will put and say, you know, you have to cover this up. You can't tell the truth. You need to minimize it because if people find out that there is sin in the church or in our organization, they are just going to badmouth the name of Jesus. It's not true. But that gets used to cover up a lot of stuff. And so these abuses and these terrible things that have happened get hidden. They get swept under the rug. They get minimized. Victims get blamed and perpetrators get excused. All in this whole idea of we must not ruin the name of Christ. But it's really a fear-based thing. People are afraid that if If the world finds out or people find out that they're not perfect, that this leader is actually in sin and doing terrible things, then they're going to lose their power. They're going to lose their position. I think people probably really are legitimately afraid of God's name being dragged through the mud, but that's a joke. He can take care of himself. He doesn't need us to worry about that. But fear has stopped us from telling the truth in situations where the truth needed to be told a long time ago. And I feel like lately with the Me Too and Church Too movements and other things like that, people are coming forward and they're more bold in sharing the truth about what's happened. But spiritual abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, people who are embezzling money, people who are coercing and manipulating their followers or their employees, it's still being covered up. And it's still being covered up with the motivator of fear. 
Guys, fear has also stopped us from seeking the truth. So often I hear this, and even just this last week as I was reading the Biblical Womanhood book by Beth Allison Barr, which I'll talk about next time. Fantastic book. Once again, there was this this idea that fear is this motivation for keeping us from seeking truth because, quote unquote, it's a slippery slope. And there's this, this fear out there that if I question something, or if you question something, or if you start to, start to doubt something, it is a slippery slope. And pretty soon you are going to just no longer have faith at all. And so fear has kept us from seeking truth. And fear has kept us holding on to these things that are just traditions, that are just religious nonsense. And so we've never been brave enough to say, hey, wait a minute, is this actually in scripture? Is this actually biblical? Is this just tradition? Is this just Christianese? Is this just something people have been telling us for years that isn't actually truth? Because we're afraid. We don't want to lose our faith. We don't want to go down this slippery slopes, per se, and and walk away from God. And I get that. But it causes people to push away their doubt and their questions instead of accepting them and facing them and finding truth. And it keeps people's heads in the sand. This whole idea of like stopping from seeking truth and worried about losing our faith, it keeps us in this Christian bubble that's not healthy because it's not the real world. Christians were never meant to stay in a bubble or build this moral utopia where they all lived happily ever after with their families. They protected everything. Like that's never how it was intended to be. Jesus himself said that you don't light a lamp and hide it under a basket. And he said that if the salt loses its saltiness, then how can it be seasoned again? Christians were never meant to just hide away and try to protect themselves. Yet so often it's what happens within this Christian bubble. And so fear has once again stopped us from finding truth, from finding the truth whose name is Jesus. But guys, fear has also stopped us from spreading truth. And this is a fear of people's opinions. The truth of Jesus Christ, objective truth, absolute truth, is not a popular thing in our culture or in our Christian churches sometimes. One side seems to say that smart people and nice people, they believe X, Y, Z. So if you want to be smart and nice, then you have to come believe what we believe. And the other side seems to say, no, 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 good, godly people believe this X, Y, Z. So if you want to be good and godly, you must believe this. And there's not a middle way so often. It's progressive Christianity and conservative Christianity. And there doesn't seem to be this middle place of like, wait a minute, can't we just acknowledge there's a bunch of brokenness here that needs to be like just hashed through and sorted out and thrown away? And yet I can do that without throwing away Jesus Christ and his salvation he offers us because of his death on the cross. The middle way is uncomfortable. And it's hard and dialogue is hard these days especially right now so often it seems to be even if i just say well i don't really agree with that suddenly you hate somebody and that's not that's not the real definition of hatred we'll talk about that another time too grace is necessary grace for other people and yet strength and 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 not being afraid of just telling the truth and saying look <laughs> i know this is uncomfortable and i know this is awkward but this is truth and fear has stopped us So fear has stopped us from telling the truth, from seeking the truth, and from spreading the truth. But guys, Jesus did nothing out of fear. As humans, we are so motivated by fear. Like, just dig into your own heart and just, it's shocking. It's really kind of disgusting how much of my life is motivated by fear. Fear of what people are going to say or people are going to think. 
fear of just what ifs. And yet Jesus did nothing out of fear. And as we look through this whole list again, we're afraid of telling the truth. And Jesus exposed the religious leaders for who they were. He exposed their hypocrisy and he exposed their spiritual abuse. He was totally okay with calling it what it was. He was so good at exposing people's hearts and saying, this is the truth. Jesus asked people a ton of questions and he just came up with some crazy stuff that made them think and reevaluate and wonder. We don't have to be afraid of losing faith by asking questions and facing our doubts and fears. Jesus was constantly pushing people past the places they were comfortable and really making them dig in and wonder, making them reject their religiosity and making them look for something more. The real God is big enough and real enough to handle our questions and doubts. I will say that forever until I die. I will, I will stand on that truth. He's big enough to handle it. And we're not going to just slip away because we begin to ask questions. If we're seeking him, if we're looking for truth, if we're just not just seeking our own, what feels right to me and what do I think is right, but if we're really seeking for truth and we're seeking for him, we will find him because he is the truth. Jesus did not care about rejection. This one just gets me. He did not care about rejection and he did not care about fame. He was rejected a lot by like every side. He didn't fit in anywhere except for with the sinners and the broken people. Everybody else was like, no, you're wrong. I mean, they called him a devil. They said he had the devil living in him. And that's how he did the stuff that he did. They, they couldn't stand him. And Jesus didn't care. He said totally unpopular things and he lost followers. And it didn't faze him. He wasn't out there trying to gain a following or to be king. He was just looking for his people and he knew that his people would find him. He knew that his people would follow him. It wasn't about fame to him or reputation or like being awesome and having everybody like him. It was about finding his people, speaking truth, letting people know the Father. So, so different from how we see things, how we do things. And I have to wonder if we were able to really reject this fear that so often controls our lives, rest in the fact that we are loved by a God who created us came to live with us, who died for us, who's going to restore all things, and who wants to restore us, like what would that do to us? Just to recognize this world is not our home. It doesn't really matter. What would that do to our just braveness? Our lack of fear? Would it destroy it? I, I would hope so. I want to close with a passage from 1 John 4. I was thinking about the verse, perfect love casts out fear. And I was like, well, you know, context, we should probably look that up and figure out what it actually says in context. And I love this. Oh my gosh, I love this. Guys, let me read this to you. First John 4, 15 through 19 says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. What? So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Guys, that's not just head knowledge. That's like experiential knowledge. Let me start that over again. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected within us 
so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Isn't that beautiful? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be motivated by fear. Fear anything. I don't care if it's fear of a virus or fear of losing our liberty and freedom. We don't have to be motivated by that fear because we recognize it. It's not about this world. It's not about our temporary little lives here. It's about being reunited with a God who is love. (laughs) That just blows my mind. But that's the God that wants to know us and that provided a way through his son Jesus to be reconciled with him. It's not just a concept like we talked about last week. This is a reality. This God is a reality and he wants to know you. And he is knowable by you. And that is a beautiful, amazing, crazy thing. Guys, I've got probably two more weeks before I break for summer. And we're going to explore a book that I just read, Biblical Womanhood. And we're actually going to take a week to just kind of like talk through critical race theory, which is really popular right now. But I want to look at it from the perspective of somebody who's gone through a cult <laughs> and just kind of explore some of the things that I'm like, hmm, this sounds familiar. So anyway, we're going to do those two things. And then instead of actually taking a whole break for summer, I'm just going to do a little bit of a light summer series, I guess. I don't even know it's going to be a season. It's basically just a summer series. And I want to take you guys back to camp with me because Summer camp is where so much of my healing and growth happen. And so we're just going to call it stories from camp. And I'm going to share some of the fun and ridiculous and amazing things that happened over the many summers that I spent at summer camp growing up and uh, learning how to be a normal person in a real world. (laughs) So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. And so as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.